Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. We pray that your life is transformed through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wears. This is, this is what we're going to talk about today is exactly what you saw in that, that video, generosity. And Craig's already told us that generosity is a game changer. We're going to go ahead and we're going to start taking some notes right now. So if you have a, a, a bulletin, you can take some notes. I'm going to give you two things right here at the very beginning. Generosity is, is a game changer. And generosity is a game changer because uh, when we give, we reflect the nature of God. When we give, we reflect the nature of God. You know this verse, John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. He is a giver. God is a giver. James 1, 17 says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. You see, our God is a giver, and when we give, we reflect his nature in our lives. Uh, Generosity is a game changer because when we give, when we give, we make an eternal difference. We make an eternal difference. But our generation, our, our generosity will, will, will help people see Jesus can change their eternity. You're going to see a picture come up. Uh, a couple of spring breaks ago, our young people went to, to Mexico. They, they went to Mexico to give a family a house. Let me tell you how you give a family a house. You raise the money while you're here. And then you, you fly out there, you get there, and you build the house. And then on the final day, you give the keys to that house to the family. That's what they did. Now, that house is going to fall down at some point. But I'm going to tell you, the love of Jesus that they showed, the love of Jesus that they made tangible to that family and to the community around there has an eternal difference that it can make. You see, when we give, it's a, a life-changing. Uh, it, it changes people's lives, and it does it for all eternity. We're learning about generosity today. It is a game changer. Why? Because in generosity, we reflect the nature of God and because we make an eternal difference. We're going to be in Acts, the, the second chapter. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get there. What we're going to discover in, in Acts 2, you're going to discover that the people of the early church were what I would call crazy givers. I, I don't know any other way to put it. They are a very generous people, and, and they are generous in, in so many different ways. So as we look at this today, what you're going to see, what comes with generosity is that the kingdom of God grows. And what you're going to see is their extreme generosity, and you're going to see the church grow like never before. Now, that, that is really important because as the church grows, hell gets smaller, and that's what we want. And so as we jump in today in Acts, the second chapter, we're going to read and and then I'm going to teach you a little bit about generosity, and I hope you catch the bug because it's a good thing. So we're going to be in Acts 2, and we'll be in verse 45. So if you would, stand out of respect for God's word. It says there that they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Do you get that? They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now, that, that's pretty major when you look at that. So, so, so let's continue to read. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together and with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoyed the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who are being saved. There is a huge connection between generosity and God's power and the growth of the church. And now over to Acts 4 and verse 33. 
Acts 4 and verse 33, it says, And God's grace was so powerfully at work with them. That's God's unmerited favor was working in them. And it says, And God's grace was so powerfully working in, in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them. They brought the money from the cells and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Stay standing for just a second. I want you to hear this. They tell me that, that, that money is a magnifying glass, and it tells us what we really love and what we're all about. So, so we're going to look at that, that group of people there in the book of Acts. We're going to look through that magnifying glass, and if we look how they use their money, we know one thing. They were serious about getting out the message of Jesus Christ. Can you say that word serious with me? Serious, okay, about Jesus Christ. Go ahead and be seated. This is what I want you to learn today. This is what I want you to hear. It is that we must be generous. We must be generous to have the joy and meaning in our lives that God intended. When we learn to be generous, folks, when we begin to understand that generosity, can I tell you what will happen in our lives? We will begin to have the joy. We will begin to have the meaning that God intended for us to have. And and so that's the lesson for today. And I want you to see that because it, it is important. Some of the most miserable people that I know Some of the most miserable people I know are people that haven't understood what it means to be generous. They can have it all, but if they don't understand generosity, they will be miserable. And so as we we look at this passage today, I I want you to hear what a guy named Cesar Milan, he he wrote the book Dog Whisperer. And and so this, this is what Cesar Milan said. He said, birds were made to fly, fish were made to swim, and dogs were made to walk. I think he stopped too early. I think he needs to add one more. The fish were made to to swim, birds were made to fly, dogs were made to walk. I think he should have said, and people were made to give. Because you and I are made in the image of God, and and the image of God is that that God is a giver. He gave his son, and he gives us everything that we have, and so we, we need to be that giver. And can I tell you what happens if you and I would begin to understand the, 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 the joy and the meaning to our life that comes through generosity, it would absolutely change us. Let's, let's look at Psalm, the 37th verse. Psalm 37 says, The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly, the godly are generous. Okay? The godly are generous givers. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to this story in in the book of Acts. And I want you to see the generosity. I want you to understand that because I believe it's a game changer for us and for others through our generosity. So the first thing I'd have you to to understand today is that we will realize there is a higher purpose for our wealth. We realize there is a higher purpose for our wealth. The early church understood this. Can I tell you what was going on as we read this in Acts 2? And this is what had happened. There were people that had come to Jerusalem. They came to Jerusalem for the Festival of Weeks. The Festival of the Weeks was just basically a huge religious party. And it was one of the big three. And they would come from all around the world. And there were people there that from all over the place. And what happens while they're there for the festival week is that the church is born, and it's born in a mighty way. The Holy Spirit comes, and there are tongues of fire that come above people's heads, and and the apostles speak in languages so that everybody that is there can hear in their native tongue. 
And it was a mighty move of God. And can I tell you what, what happened then? The people that were there from all around the world didn't want to leave. They came to know Jesus. Over 3,000 believed in him, and over 3,000 were baptized. And they did not want to go. But here's the problem. that They ran out of money. And if they were going to stay and continue to learn about Jesus, continue to hear the stories of Jesus, they were going to need help. And this is what the, the early church did. Those believers that lived in Jerusalem, they sold their possessions and they helped those people. Why did they do that? Because they realized their wealth, their money was there for a higher purpose. Now, I'll tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that they sold everything. Somebody said, well, doesn't it say they sold everything? No, it says they sold some of their possessions and property. But let me tell you what they did do. They made a significant contribution to see that the people that were there could stay and learn and hear about Jesus. It's that simple. They were willing because people need Jesus. They were willing because they wanted people to come to know Jesus. They were willing because they wanted hell to be smaller. And, and so as we look at this story, it really goes back to the words of Jesus. And they record this in the book of Acts. And, and in fact, this is what, what Paul is saying here. He says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You see, that's the real key. That's where our joy comes from. That's where our meaning comes from. Because we have been blessed. We have been blessed with this great wealth to be a blessing to others. We've been blessed to be a, a blessing to others. And when we realize the higher purpose, when we realize that, that, that our wealth is there for that reason. Let me tell you how it's done. How many of y'all like to buy stuff? I like to buy stuff that makes me look good and feel good. Anybody with me? You're thinking, okay, you need to work on the looking good part, Mike. But, you know, uh, so, so we, we like to do that. You know, it's all about us looking and feeling good. Let me just say, if we switch that just a little bit, what if we wanted to invest our money to make people good through the blood of Jesus Christ? That's a game changer, isn't it? Because that's going to change somebody's eternity. Or how about this? With our technology, I, I, I got to tell you, I want the latest and greatest. There is going to be an iPhone 8. I, I would just like to skip to iPhone 9 and save a little bit of money. But we do want the latest and greatest in our gadgets, don't we? What about if we shifted and we started using our money so that people could know the greatest, and that's Jesus Christ? You see how it works? Now, I, I like new things, shiny new things. They, they, they grab my attention. And, and so, you know, we, we run out and we buy the new. What if we began to realize that we could take our money and help people become new in Jesus Christ? You see, when you and I understand that our money, that our wealth, that all that God has given us is here for a higher purpose, then you know what we're going to do? We're going to use it to make the love of Jesus tangible. We realize that it has a higher purpose, and then what do we do? We use it to make the love of Jesus visible to people. Let me kind of give you an idea of what's happening there in Acts 2. All these people have come, and they're there, and they're wanting to stay longer to hear about Jesus. And this is how they traveled in that time. They would load up the donkey. They didn't have a minivan, and they couldn't pull a trailer behind their donkey. They would load up their donkey, maybe with a few coins, maybe with some gold. But a lot of times, this is what they, they would do. They, they would take their food with them. So that means they would have some chickens with them. 
And, and, and they might even have a sheep with them. And they would take things that they could trade. Now, if you can just imagine, uh, you're going on vacation. You're going down to Myrtle Beach or over to Myrtle Beach. And, and so you're loading your car up with a couple of sheep because you want to trade them for a hotel room. And, and then you got a few chickens so you can have something to eat on the way. It's going to get full in a hurry, isn't it? And that's exactly where they were. And they had run out of the substances they needed to barter to get what they needed. And so they, they needed some help. And what the people in Jerusalem, what the believers did, is they took their goods, the things they have, their property, and they sold it. And what they turned it into is the tangible love of Jesus so that people could stay. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's what it's all about. That's what Jesus told us to do. He says, go and be my body. We, the church, are his body. And this is what we do. We make the love of Jesus tangible, and we do that through our generosity. I want you to see what, what John wrote. And John was a disciple. And this is what it says in John, the third chapter, in verse 17. He says, if anyone has material possessions. Uh, he's not talking to us, right? Let's walk around the parking lot for a few minutes we got a lot of money parked out there. But, but we want to say, well, we don't have any possessions, do we? How about this? I bet you have one of these. You, you have a room in your house where you store your excess. It's called an attic or a basement. Maybe you have both. What about this? Maybe, maybe you have this. Some people actually rent space just to store their extra. You, you know what I'm talking about. And some people even have so much extra, they have it in one place and they have it in another place. Wow. But then we want to say, well, I, I, I don't know that I have the, that material possession. Yes, we're a blessed people. We are blessed to be a blessing. So if anyone has material possession and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, and what he's saying there, they don't care, they don't do anything about it, then this next one is pretty convicting. How can the love of God be in that person? Ouch story of the Good Samaritan, they walk on the other side of the road so they don't have to help. Okay, They didn't have the love of God in them. Dear children is what he says, let us not love with words or speech, let's not just talk about it, but with actions and in truth. Wow. We are the people with possessions. And God calls us to use them and to make his love tangible to other people. And as we think about that, I just want to tell you a little bit about how we do that around here. Today, while you're sitting in this room, that we are making the love of Jesus tangible to our children in either side here. In Kidsville and Main Street, we take the goods that you give us, the money that you give us, and we help them learn about Jesus. We help your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren come to understand who Jesus is. We show them the love. We do it through our missions. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you heard from the Core Foundation, and, and, and instead, of, uh, instead of taking chickens and using them to make money, what we do is we take our money and we take chickens to Haiti, and we show the love of Jesus to people that are hungry and don't have a job, and we help them have a job, and we help them feed others. 
Or I could take it to Nepal and Kevin and Cynthia, and it seems like every week I'm hearing from them about the, the miracles that are happening there. Or a few weeks ago, I heard about our church in, in Talama Grande, Mexico, and how it is meeting the needs there. What we've done, folks, is we've taken the love of Jesus and made it tangible to people. Sometimes we ask you all to do this, don't we? We say, bring a, a bag full of canned goods and leave them behind your car. We call them bumper bags. And, and what we do then is, is this, is we pick them up and we take them to the food pantry. And can I tell you what happens when we do that? We make the love of Jesus tangible to the hungry in our community. Today, as you leave, we're going to give you an opportunity uh, to make the love of Jesus tangible. We're going to ask you to give $1. We combine all the dollars, and we're going to do something great for some kids in our community. What are we doing when we do that? We make the love of Jesus tangible. That's huge. So you see how it works. You and I realize that, that our wealth, all the things that we have, are here for a higher power. And then we take that higher, that higher purpose. And then we take what we have and we use it to make the love of Jesus tangible. And then what we are actually doing is we are investing in people and investing in the kingdom of God. When you invest in people, you invest in the kingdom. What we see here in Acts 2, and when you read this account, you see that their investment in people resulted in the kingdom of God expanding, resulted in hell getting smaller, and that's what it's about for us. Now, now I, want under, I want you to understand this idea of being generous is huge. And there are three ways that you and I need to be generous. Number one, we need to give our time. That's volunteering to help. That, that could be right here. That could be in the community. But as Jesus' representative, when you volunteer, you represent him, and you're making the love of Jesus tangible. Then your talents, every single one of you have a talent, a gift of God. And you know what? When you volunteer your talent, you're multiplying what God can do in you. And the third one is our treasure, is our treasure. So you see, when we are generous with our time, talent, and treasure, we're going to make an impact. We're going to invest in people, and the kingdom of God is going to be invested, and it's going to expand. Let me explain to you how that works real quickly. This past week, we sent a bunch of kids and workers over to Woodland uh, Christian Camp over near Carrollton. Can I tell you what I'm just going to tell you right now? We give Woodland Christian Camp a lot of money. Why do we do that? Because they invest in, in, in our children. And we pour a lot of money in there every year, and we give them a lot. We go over and we work, all for one reason, because in one week we sent a lot of kids and workers over there, and what were we doing? We were investing in people. We were investing in people. Craig took a bunch, Michelle took a bunch, and we had so many people there, and we paid to get the kids there. We give them a scholarship. And, and, and it's, it, it's a pretty sizable amount so that they can go. For some, it was the entire thing. We paid for it all. Why? Because we invest in children. Why do we invest in children? Because we're investing in the kingdom of God. And then we, we, we transport them from here to there. And that's expensive, okay? And, and, and that's not easy. But we get them all there and all back safely. And, and you know what? It, it is a pretty amazing thing. Now, I'm going to tell you why we're, we're, being, we're, we're being generous, why we're, we're investing there. Because this week, can I tell you what happened at camp? You saw, we, you saw two baptisms here. There were 11 at camp. Amen? Amen. 
Can I tell you what's happening there? Can I tell you what's happening? You need to understand that the kingdom of God is expanding. Why? Because people realize that their wealth has a higher purpose. They made the love of Jesus tangible at camp. And then on top of that, they invested in people and the kingdom of God got bigger and hell got smaller. That's a win. That is a huge win. That, that's when God shows up in a big way. And why did that happen? Because the people of God were willing to be generous with what God had given them. And guess what? It's starting all over again next week when we send a bunch of kids to Christ and Youth Move. When we send them to that conference, they're going to hear about Jesus. We're going to invest in them. We're going to transport them there. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to see the kingdom of God get bigger. You may not realize this. But God has put us here for a purpose. We, the church, are here to rescue people, snatch them from the very gates of hell. Okay? And we are the only ones that can do it. God has entrusted us with that. In fact, you may not realize this, but we have a problem uh, in this community. I'll just tell you, I think it's in every community, uh, of what I would simply call the walking dead. Okay? You're thinking, Mike's talking about zombies now. We need to get him some rest. Okay? That may be true, but, but, but the walking dead. Let, let's read Ephesians, the second chapter. This is what it says in Ephesians uh, 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You can be walking around. You can be talking. You can be singing. You can be jumping up and down. But without Jesus, you're dead. That's why I'm challenging you to be generous. Because in our generosity, we release the resources and power of God in an amazing way. It is in generosity that the kingdom expands. It is in generosity that we make a difference. You may not have seen this. It was in USA Today on June 1st. There was an article, and this is, this is what the article was about. It was about these 14 billionaires, okay? 14 billionaires have signed on to give away one half of everything they own. That's fairly significant, isn't it? They, they were signing on with the Gates Foundation. They, they were joining now what would be 150 billionaires that have said, we're going to give away half of our wealth to help the world be a better place. That's a game changer. Why is it a game changer? It's a game changer because they're planning on, on eradicating diseases that are killing people. They're planning on feeding people that are starving to death. They're planning on, on wiping out poverty. They're planning on educating people. And I'm going to just tell you, that type of generosity changes the game and is changing it for so many people. It is absolutely great. But it doesn't do anything for the biggest problem this world is facing. And that is sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin means that, that we will spend eternity in hell unless we get the word out about Jesus, unless people come to know him. And can I tell you how that works? That, that, that works through us. God has entrusted us as the church. And I know what you're thinking. Well, if we could just get those billionaires to sign on with the Wares Foundation, uh, maybe we could, I don't have a foundation by any way, uh, but, but if we could just get them to sign on with us, you know what? We could make a difference. But that's not the truth. When God's people become generous, when God's people become obedient, 
Can I tell you what it does? It releases the resources and power of our God. And nothing can stop that. But it's dependent upon us. Realizing that God has given us what we have for a higher purpose. It's depending upon us saying, I, I, I'm going I'm to make the love of Jesus tangible. It's depending upon us saying, we're going to invest in people. We're going to invest in the kingdom. And when we do, we release the power and the resources of God. And it will absolutely change this community and the world. But it takes us. So here's my challenge today. We know that generosity is a game changer. What I'm saying to you is get in the game. Get in the game. And we can change this world if we will just be generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure. It's up to us. The challenge is get in the game. Pray with me. Father, you've given us a sacred trust. You've given us your son, Jesus Christ, and we're to take him into the world. Father, I pray today that you will impress upon us the importance of our generosity, the importance of us being free with our time and our talents and our treasure. And that, Father, through this, through this, Father, that we can change this community, that we can change this world. Father, help us to go from this place today. Help us to go in the power of your spirit. Help us to go uh, with your generosity that we might see people come to know you and hell gets smaller. For I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our ChurchLink app today for your iOS or Android device.